What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is all about the Blazers' path to the playoffs. We're still in the all-star break at the moment, but the second half of the season begins Friday when the Blazers host the New Orleans Pelicans. They'll have 26 games to make their playoff push. So what I want to lay out for you in all three segments of today's episode is how the Blazers can get to the playoffs, what's in their way, in their path towards the postseason. What I don't want to do in this particular episode is debate whether they should or should not try to make the playoffs. They want to get there. Damian Lillard has said it a million times this season, probably less than a million, but several. Uh, Terry Stotts has, has been on the record saying the goal is to make the playoffs. We've debated tanking in the past. I'm sure we'll do it again here in the final 26 games. But today is all about the path towards that postseason berth to get back there. We'll start with talking about the Blazers' path, specifically from a team perspective. We'll talk about the Western Conference foes that are in their way, and then we'll wrap up the show with some sort of overarching thoughts about the final 26 games, what is colloquially known as the second half of the season, but more accurately is about the final third. So let's start with talking about this team. Not necessarily this year's team just yet, but... Over the last four seasons, this is the time the Blazers have traditionally, a tradition dating back to 2016, but traditionally nonetheless, over the last four years, typically, they have been really good after the break. In 2015-16, they went 17-11 in the final 26 games post-All-Star break. The following season, 2017, 18-8 after the All-Star break. 2018, 17-7 after the All-Star break. And last year, 19-6 after the All-Star break. That's a 689 win percentage post-All-Star break over the past four seasons. That's really good. What would a 689 win percentage look like this season? That would translate to about 18-8, and eight, which would put the Blazers at 43-39. and 39. I guess the question that we'll try to answer for the rest of this episode is, is that good enough? And is 18-8 eight and, eight, 18 and eight realistic? Let's start with the specifics. Blazers are 25-31. and 31. Got 26 games remaining, 15 at home, 11 on the road. They're currently four games back of the Memphis Grizzlies, five back in the loss column, in the race for the eighth and final playoff spot in the Western Conference. I think the top seven teams in the West are locked in. I think the bottom three or four are probably locked in. At least the bottom three for sure. Apologies to the Sacramento Kings. So really we're just talking about a handful of teams the Blazers, Grizzlies, Spurs, Pelicans, and kind of the Suns, more on that later, battling for the eighth seed. So here's what the Blazers have in front of them. They play the fifth easiest schedule in the league with a 467 opponent win percentage after the break. That number comes from the indispensable tankathon.com, a website that tracks who's not good, and also strength of schedule, things like that. A really valuable th- website for a valuable tool for people like me who don't want to count out opponent records. The Blazers come out of the All-Star break with three home games against the New Orleans Pelicans on Sunday against a terrible Pistons team that has shifted towards what should be a long rebuild or at least a rebuilding phase. And then the Boston Celtics on Tuesday night, um, one of the very good teams in the league. Then, after a three-game homestand, They've got a 
three-game road trip with really winnable games. They're at Atlanta and at Orlando to close the trip after starting the game in Indianapolis against the Pacers. The Pacers are good. Uh, The Blazers played them really well here in Portland a couple weeks ago, but that was without Victor Oladipo, who has since returned, and Miles Turner. We'll see what that looks like. But I think the schedule gets really interesting for the Blazers in March. It'll be quite a challenge. They've got a six-game homestand, one of their longest homestands of the season, or matching their longest homestand of the season. It's got winnable games in it. Sacramento Kings, the Phoenix Suns, Minnesota Timberwolves, and then important ones against good teams, including the Memphis Grizzlies. That's going to be a really crucial one. The Houston Rockets, who the Blazers have played pretty well, except for that one time that they got absolutely torched in Houston, and the Dallas Mavericks. And that six-game homestand is followed by a six-game road swing that begins with non-playoff teams and ends with real toughies. That's exactly what you'd want if you subscribe to the idea that the longer you're on the road, the tougher the games become, regardless of the opponent. You'd rather stack it with easy games first and the hard games that you're maybe going to lose anyways at the end. Blazers come back from that road trip, and they close with 6 of 7 at home, including another home game against the Memphis Grizzlies. That could be crucial in the final two weeks of the regular season. The Blazers are in okay position. That they've got a relatively easy schedule. They've got more home games than road games. The majority of the road games are all stacked up right there in that March trip. They split that with the three winnable games early and go three and three, they're probably in a good spot with a home-heavy close. And they still got teams on their schedule that are ahead of them in the standings and that can they can make up ground in head-to-head meetings. They've got two games left against the Grizzlies. Those two games will decide the season series with Memphis. They own the tiebreaker over the Spurs, and they have a very big game on Friday night against the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans have beat the Blazers three times. They're going to own the tiebreak. But New Orleans is right on the right on Portland's tail. They are chasing them. I'll talk more about that in the second segment, but that's going to be an important game, not for tiebreaker purposes, just for straight-up standings purposes. You don't want to give New Orleans that game. So that's the Blazers' path. That's the Blazers' schedule as it lays out. They've been good after the All-Star break. This is traditionally when they take off. They have a chance to take off because they don't play a bunch of good teams. They have a relatively soft landing. The question is, can they do it again? And that's what I'll try to answer or sort of lay out for you in the second two segments of this episode. I want to start with the other teams in the hunt, though, because a lot of the Blazers' chances relies on or depends on, more accurately, what the other teams are doing. The Grizzlies, Spurs, Pelicans are all going to be in the thick of it, and where those teams are headed is as important as the Blazers schedule that I just laid out for you here in this first segment. So that's what we'll do in the second segment. We'll talk about the opponents that are going to be chasing the Blazers or competing with the Blazers for the eighth seed. Before we do that, I want to tell y'all about advertising on this podcast. If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with the Locked On Network to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Blazers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Trailblazers fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked on Blazers gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked on Blazers podcast listener, as you probably have guessed, the best type of podcast listener. So, if your company wants to connect with Blazer fans, then let's put your company right here on this podcast. 
Local fans love to support local businesses. So let them do that. Just text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. So once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Okay, in the first segment, we laid out the Blazers' schedule, their relative success traditionally after the All-Star break. There's more factors, and we'll talk about that in the third segment. But I wanted to give you sort of the path in that first segment. Blazers got a softer schedule. They got some home games. They can make a run. But they're not the only team that is poised to charge for that eighth seed. So what I want to lay out is in order of the standings, the other teams that are going to challenge the Blazers for the eighth seed. We'll start in Memphis, run through San Antonio, stop in New Orleans, and maybe we'll look at Phoenix. I'm really, I have notes about the Suns, but like, do we really believe in them as a playoff team? Do we think they're going to leapfrog four teams and make it? If we have time, uh, we'll do more than just a drive-by with the Suns, but we'll get there. Let's start in Memphis, where the Grizzlies are 28-26 and 26, with 28 games remaining after the All-Star break, 12 at home, 16 on the road, including a four-game trip right out of the All-Star break at Sacramento, at the Clippers, at the Lakers, at the Rockets. Yeah, does that sound hard? Well, that's because the Grizzlies own the hardest remaining schedule in the league with opponents' win percentage of 545. That's, again, according to the indispensable tankathon.com. Beyond that four-game road trip that I just laid out for you, the Grizzlies still have games against the Lakers, the Bucks, the Raptors twice. As I mentioned in the first segment, the Blazers twice. They also play the Pelicans twice. They have a really tough, what I'm calling, tank week, too. The end of the season where the bad teams just say, you know what, screw it, we don't want to win. Let's put in G-leaguers or the youngest guys on the roster or, or in sometimes veterans that will just make us lose. But the final week of the season for the Grizzlies is the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Houston Rockets, probably all teams that are still going to be right there in the mix chasing playoff seeding. There's an outside chance OKC is already locked into seventh, but even then, that's four teams that are going to be in the thick of it. That's not an easy close to the season. The Grizzlies with the hardest record in the league probably means that they're not going to finish above 500, but I will say this. The Grizzlies roster is pretty good. The team makes sense. They've got a great young core, but they're really going to be tested in the final 28 games. If we think the Blazers, as I mentioned, if about 43 wins seems like what it's going to take to get that eighth seed, the Grizzlies would have to go 15 and 13. That seems doable. That's why this chase for the Blazers is going to be so hard. And the big one, I guess, for the Grizzlies is that the record against Portland is 1-0 with two left that will decide the series, and both those games are at the Moda Center. Grizzlies control their destiny the way the Blazers do. Grizzlies are in the driver's seat with a four-game lead, five up in the loss column. They've got a little cushion, but the question is, can their young core hold on to that cushion and survive a tough stretch over the final 28 games? Next up in the standings, the 10th place Spurs were leapfrogging the Blazers. If you forgot what happened, did you fast forward through the first segment? We kind of laid out 
the exact scenario for the Blazers in the first segment. So we're skipping them, moving on to the 10th place Spurs, who are 23-31. and 31. They've got 28 games left, 15 at home, 13 away. They're currently five back of Grizzlies and one back of the Blazers. Coming out of the All-Star break, the Spurs play two tough road games at Utah and at OKC before they host the Dallas Mavericks. And what does Tankathon say about San Antonio's final schedule? Well, it's their opponent win percentage is 488, which ranks 20th in the league. Or um, an easier way to understand this is it's the 10th easiest schedule in the league. So relatively easy for the Spurs down the stretch. Somehow the Spurs still have to play the Jazz three times, but they also play the Hornets, the Cavs, the Warriors twice, the Kings twice, a home game against the Bulls, and close the season with six of eight at home. The Spurs haven't looked super good. In fact, I'm going to just skip ahead here. If I'm if I'm power ranking these four teams chasing the eighth seed, I'm putting them fourth. I think the Pelicans, Grizzlies, and Blazers all have a stronger claim to catching the eighth seed than the Spurs, but I will tell you this. They just always make the playoffs. They always do it. This team isn't anywhere near the Spurs of yesteryear. They're probably worse than they were last season. But it's hard to kill this team. They're not going to go anywhere, and they have a soft enough schedule that I think they're going to remain in the hunt until the very, very end. Their record against the Blazers this season is 1-2. and two. They do not play Portland anymore, so if the Spurs and Blazers are tied at the end of the year record-wise... The Blazers have the head-to-head tiebreaker and would make the playoffs. That could come into play. We'll revisit these tiebreakers later. You don't have to keep notes. I just want to lay out for you some of the scenarios as we go through this one. Moving right along to New Orleans. The 11th place Pelicans are 23-32. and 32, Half game back of the Spurs. Five and a half back of Memphis and one and a half games behind the Portland Trailblazers. They have 27 games left in their schedule, 13 at home, 14 away. And out of the break, they have a three-game road trip at Portland, a crucial one Friday night at Golden State and then at the Lakers. And the Pelicans, dear friends, sweet listeners, have the easiest remaining schedule in the league with an opponent's win percentage of 449. That's the kind of thing you want to see for a team that has magically gotten better by adding the number one pick in the NBA draft in February. Zion Williamson, the Pelicans are 5-5 five and five with him in the lineup. They're 18-27 and 27 without him. Uh, they've had a bunch of injuries and guys miss time. Uh, I think they're probably closer towards a 500 team than not. Um, Zion certainly improves them. There's no doubt about it. He's not the guy who's going to vault them into the top class of the West, but he's certainly going to dramatically improve them. And what does the easiest schedule in the NBA with Zion Williamson in tow look like? It means home games coming against the Cavs, the Hawks, the Kings, the Knicks, not to mention two games against the Minnesota Timberwolves and that aforementioned Warriors road trip right out of the All-Star break. After their final four-game road trip at the end of March, they play four of their final five at home, which include games against Charlotte, Phoenix, and Washington. And perhaps most importantly for the Pelicans, they've got two games left against Memphis, against whom they are 2-0 this season. They can sweep the season series. Even splitting them would give them the tiebreak over Memphis, but they can gain ground in a hurry with two games left against Memphis, three games left against the San Antonio Spurs, and one left against Portland, who they've already beaten three times this season. 
the Pelicans can start this climb Friday night at the Moda Center. They can continue it in March and April when they play the teams ahead of them. There is no team, perhaps no team on this list that we're going to discuss that controls their destiny more clearly than these New Orleans Pelicans. They certainly have a lot of questions. Even at full strength, they're not a particularly good defensive team. They rely on a, a lot of young players. Zion Williamson is is not a seasoned veteran who's going to, uh, you know, understand the workload of the final 28 games and a playoff push, but he's certainly a very good basketball player that's going to help them a lot. The Pelicans are a dangerous team. I think they, in some ways, are the biggest threat to the Blazers' push towards the playoffs. Memphis, certainly with that cushion and that, that four-game lead, has got to be the biggest threat, but... The Pelicans are right there behind them. They've got, they've gotten better over the last month just naturally, and they've got a soft schedule, and they can close the season on a big winning streak because it is incredibly easy, their final 10-day stretch. I'd be worried about the Pelicans. Okay, drive by the Suns. We'll give it to you. 12th place Phoenix, 27 games left. They're six and a half back of Memphis, two and a half games behind the Blazers. See, they're close. Like, the, the Suns deserve that deserve the time the other teams got. I'm just not a believer. I'm not a believer in this team. They've got 12 at home and 15 on the road, and they have the eighth hardest schedule remaining in the league. Opponents win percentage is 522 to close out the year. The reason I'm not a believer in Phoenix is because there's too many teams ahead of them. And because the Spurs and the Pelicans have relatively easy roads. The Blazers among, also have a relatively easy road. Phoenix faces a much tougher close to the schedule and a bunch of teams ahead of them in the standings. They're certainly not out of it yet. They have the talent to make a push, but I don't think, I don't mention them in the same breath. In fact, if you've been listening closely, I've been mentioning them among the winnable games for teams have been highlighting their final close of the season. So Phoenix deserves a mention. They get this final mention as the 12th seed in the West, but I don't see the Suns as a major threat. The other teams that I listed before, New Orleans, Memphis, San Antonio, those are real threats to the Blazers' push. But in the final segment, less schedule stuff, less home and away and strength of schedule. Let's talk about nitty-gritty things that are going to happen on the court, real-life factors that will impact the Blazers' push to the playoffs. All right, still locked on Blazers, still Mike Richmond, still past first point guard, and we're still talking the Portland Trail Blazers' path to the postseason. A lot of P's in that one. Didn't plan it that way, but as uh, this episode progressed, that's where we got. Hit a couple more P's there. Dear listeners, that's what an audio professional or something sounds like. All right, so... The thing we haven't mentioned, the thing that is just jumping off the page, you've been screaming at me all episode, you've listened to 15, 16, 17 minutes of this podcast, and I have not mentioned it, Damian Lillard is not healthy. He has a groin injury, and his health is the biggest question mark in all of this for the Blazers. If you listen to Monday's episode, you heard me explain that based on the reporting that's out there and what Dame told Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports on camera over All-Star Weekend, it sounds like he's very unlikely to play on Friday night. Terry Stotts said this week in a radio interview with Dan Sheldon of NBC Sports Northwest that he didn't expect uh, Damian Lowe to be cleared for practice when the team reconvened on Wednesday. I believe they had an unofficial practice uh, 
technically, if you're into this type of thing, their first practice is Thursday back in Portland, and they'll have a media availability after that. So on Thursday afternoon, we'll probably have a little more clarity of Dame's availability, but Stott said he didn't expect Dame to be available to do stuff on Wednesday. And that's the official, quote, reevaluation date if you give any credence to the team's official press release. When he was injured against the Memphis Grizzlies in the final game before the All-Star break, the team said he would be reevaluated in a week. Somewhat misleading because um, this is a billion-dollar company, They eva- and Dame is their franchise player. They evaluate him all the time at constantly. Uh, He was being evaluated immediately. Uh, He was being evaluated over the weekend, on Monday, on Tuesday. He was just maybe officially re-evaluated so they could give us a word on Thursday, an update on his status. But I think it seems like Friday is unlikely based on what I've heard him say. However, outside of Dame's health, the clear biggest factor affecting Portland's playoff odds Are those schedules right out of the break? They could be very enlightening because if Dame isn't available, the Blazers are way, way worse. And because the Pelicans and Grizzlies have a pretty tough start right out of the break, the next 10 days could be pretty telling. If the Grizzlies go 3-1 and right out of the break in that four-game road swing, then they're probably in control. But if they go 1-3, and which seems fairly easily and even likely, that's a tough four-gamer right out of the break. Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, those are all losable games. Conceivably, they could lose to Sacramento, too. That's That would put Portland and uh, New Orleans and San Antonio right back in the driver's seat. Same with the Pelicans. They've got winnable games, particularly if Damian Lillard doesn't play against New Orleans on Friday night. They could go... 2-1 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh on a road trip, and then the waters get very murky for Portland heading into the final 23-ish games of the regular season. And as it stands, the Blazers are already in scramble mode. They're already there. This isn't some sort of playoff push that just happened now. They've been in this push for 10 days, maybe 15 games even. Plenty of the sort of predictive machines out there like the Blazers' playoff chances. ESPN's playoff predictor gives them a 41.8% chance of making the playoffs. Easily the best odds of the bottom eight teams in the West. 538 and basketball reference are a little less bullish on Portland's chances. For what it's worth, 538 really likes the New Orleans Pelicans, and basketball references model says Memphis is going to make the playoffs. All of this is to say that there is a long way to go. The Blazers' biggest factor is getting their point guard back on the court. Even if they lose to New Orleans without him on Friday, they still, over the final 25 games of the regular season, will have a chance to get there. They won't have lost any tiebreakers. They will have lost a place in the standings. Perhaps perhaps could be leapfrogged by the Pelicans by the time Dame gets back. But... If Dame's healthy, this team has a chance. They have shown a propensity to play their best this time of year. They looked like they were sort of headed in that direction prior to two tough road games to close out the slate before the All-Star break. This is probably a three-team race the way I look at it. Maybe four if you're a believer in the Spurs. Let's call it a four-team race. San Antonio, Memphis, New Orleans, and and Portland, your trailblazers, are going to be right in it till the very end, likely until the final days of the regular season. I worry that Damian Lord's health could jeopardize the Blazers' chances, but if it is a short-term injury, they will still be within striking distance. Mostly because 
out of the break, none of these teams get a really easy first week. If Dame were to miss a little bit of time, San Antonio, Memphis, and New Orleans all start tough out of the break. In about 10 days, we might have a clearer picture of where this is all headed. I think it's going to happen really quick. I think the race will continue till, you know, the first week of April, but there's a chance that by the second or third of March that we really know who's in it and who isn't. That's why it's fun. Let's hope Damian Lillard gets healthy and make sure Portland is involved in the fun. That's going to do it for this episode. Hope that you learned a little bit about where the Blazers' path to the playoff is, playoffs is going to take them, how it could all shake out, who's in front of them, and what their path looks like as well. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.